Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Take to Take episode 57. Uh, Tyler Myers. It is Tuesday, March the 30th. My name is Luke Burrows, joined by the usual Nick Robinson and Patrick Talon. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. I'm doing good, Luke. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Nick. Uh, We're still waiting on the Montreal Canadiens to play a game. Maybe they'll never play again. Who knows? Wouldn't be the worst maybe thing in the world. Maybe they'll play tonight. Maybe they'll yeah, play tonight. They might. They are. There's really no way of telling. <laughs> but um, before we get into our hard-hitting discussions, we can touch on some news ahead of the trade deadline uh, just under two weeks away. A few trades to get to uh, that kind of pertain to our teams. One minor and one that may carry some implications. Let's start with the big one. Mike Amadia heading to Ottawa in exchange for Christian Wolanin. Wolanin? Uh, one for one. Nick, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I was always really cheering for Christian Wolanin to make the Senators and be a part of that defense core for the future. He was always one of those random prospects I just really liked to follow and follow his development and stuff like that. And I, you know, a couple of years ago, he came into the Senators with about 20 games left in the season. And I think he scored like four goals down the stretch and including like a three and 10 something, which is pretty good for a defenseman. And I was like thinking, I, I probably got way off track and thought, man, like we found this like top four defenseman, some random college pick we had. But, uh, you know, I think injuries have definitely played a part in derailing it. He only played in 12 professional games last year, 10 month break, comes back this year. And he just it, it wasn't there for him, clearly. And I think the writing was sort of on the wall um, after he got scratched for like 12 games straight by DJ Smith. So um, I'm not surprised that they moved on, especially after they waived him last week. Didn't even mention that. But I mean, Michael Amadio is like what AHL depth, NHL depth. I who knows what he's going to be going to play on the fourth line and then probably get yeah. moved down to Belleville, I would imagine. But um, it sucks to see him go. But we'll. It, it's a minor trade for the center. It's not going to really affect that left side in the future. Okay, Patrick, this is the big one. I was just kidding earlier. <laughs> Buffalo. Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres, that gosh darn team. The Buffalo Sabres trade Eric Stahl to the Montreal Canadiens for a 2021 third and fifth. Um, So this year, now I I should say when I I went to Buffalo's or Montreal's cap friendly after this trade happened, Montreal has a stupid amount of draft picks for this upcoming draft. I think it was 14. Now it's 12, which is still a lot. I had no idea they were in that kind of position, but uh yeah, this trade Montreal gets um, gets a centerman that has put up 100 points before, uh, albeit like 15 years ago. But regardless, what do you think? I really like it. And one of the things I was actually shocked that Bergevin didn't do coming into the season, especially with the loss of Nate Thompson, is their 4C was getting a veteran fourth-line center. They've been relying on Jake Evans and Paul Byron uh, on their fourth line, and it hasn't really worked out. Jake Evans uh, has struggled a lot, and... Uh, I think to get him and let's, let me just make this clear. Eric Stahl is not a fourth line center. He's a solid middle six center who can move up and down the lineup. So adding this insurance uh, is huge. That's fantastic value to only give up a third and a fifth, especially when you already have two other thirds and two other fifths and then 12 picks overall um, where Philip Deneau has gone on some cold streaks at times, as well as, you know, some growing pains for Kakanyami and Suzuki. I think it's important to have a middle six center like that, you know, uh, Last year, he had three goals and he had 10 points in 32 games in Buffalo. And I think all things considered, that's pretty good for, for a, a guy on Buffalo. Uh, 47 points the year before. 
uh, 52, 76 a couple years ago. He's a very good player. He's a good middle six center. And having a veteran like that, I think, is good. And uh, can't be upset with a move like that. And um, he, he waived his no-move clause to come to Montreal, too. So that's always nice to see. All right. So aside from trade news, which I'm sure is going to pick up over the next few days, uh, almost two weeks, the Philadelphia Flyers, who were this close to being the ones to do it to Buffalo last night, to, to let Buffalo do it to them, I guess. But uh, no, F- Philadelphia came back and won 4-3 in, in overtime. They have placed defenseman Shane Gostisbehere on waivers. And this is um, this is gaining a bit of traction around, around the league, uh, especially from all the armchair GMs. And Nick, I want to start with you because... I, for some reason, I'm tapped into Sen's Twitter and I'm seeing a lot of Shane Gostas bear talk. Do you think there's any realistic opportunities there between him and the Senators? I mean, I would think there would be just because, you know, as far as a reclamation project, I think Shane Gostas bear is a pretty ideal one for any team in the NHL right now. Um, he is a, he's an NHL defenseman. Like, let's not mess that up first. Like, it's not like this is a terrible player on a bad contract. He is an NHL defenseman statistically. Um, you know, where he fits in with most teams, especially like the Flyers, pretty debatable. His usage has changed a lot with Alain Vigneault. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's been fantastic throughout Vigneault's tenure, you know, this past year and a half. But this is a guy that I think he had over 60 points just three or four years ago and stuff like that was a pretty comfortable top four defenseman in the NHL prior to that. So if any team wants, to take a stab at him i mean why not for free right now um as far as the senators go i would think there'd be a fit there on the sun's left side i think this would be a perfect opportunity you bring in a shane goss and then you can get rid of a good branson or a mike riley and free up a spot for him but just looking at his cap hit four and a half million even though it's not a lot it's a lot for Ottawa. He's due two signing bonuses I saw over the next two years. So I think that all but puts the senators out of contention on that one as much as I'd love to see it. But yeah, if any other team wants to take a stab, I mean, Buffalo Sabres, we talked about them. Um, You know, why wouldn't they? Patrick, the Montreal Canadiens probably aren't in this conversation, but whether it be the Ottawa senators or elsewhere in the league, do you have any any predictions, thoughts on Shane Gostisbehere, or is he just going to go unclaimed? No, uh, that's always tough because there have been bigger names this year that have been on waivers that we would assume have gotten claimed and didn't, and then smaller names that did. But I'd probably just echo a lot of what Nick said. I like Shane Gostisbehere. Uh, his his wins above replacement trajectory kind of went down after the 2018 season. I think a lot of that had to do with Alain Vigneault and Michel Therrien playing or uh implementing a more defensive system. He doesn't thrive in that environment. I still think he's an NHL defenseman. I think he's likely a good second pair offensive defenseman who can move the puck. And I think, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about his usage being questionable. And like what Nick said, no, he wasn't great, but he's still an NHL defenseman. He's still an offensive defenseman. Uh, his He struggled defensively a little bit, but this guy should be on an NHL team. I don't know what Vancouver's cap situation is. They need help on the back end. I think a Shane Gossespierre could fit in pretty well. I would love if Montreal had the space to do it. Um, but obviously handing that money to the defense when they did put them out of that situation. But I remember there was a couple of years ago when he was supposedly on the block and I thought Montreal would have made a move for him, but this is a, this is a good, this is a good defenseman. He's at an afford a somewhat affordable cap hit. He's still relatively young. I think teams should be all over him. And um, I wouldn't look too much into his, into this year in Philadelphia because Philadelphia as a whole has struggled a lot. So 
Yeah, they needed to do something, right? I think yeah. they said that sort of before the show. That yeah. They really need to do something there because they have been struggling hard. And I know a lot of, I, I think the three of us all picked them to do fairly well this year and thought mm-hmm. the pieces were there. But Carter Hart in particular has struggled. A lot of their defensemen have struggled. Yeah. Um, so this is probably just Chuck Fletcher's way of trying to, you know, give everybody a kick in the pants, get them going. But I, I wouldn't say Shane Gostaspear is the problem in no. Philadelphia right now. I, I would say no. they have other issues. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that because um, just prior to the show, Pat, you mentioned perhaps a, a misuse of Shane Goss's bear from head coach Elaine Vigneault. How much of Philadelphia's struggles would you say come from said head coach? Because I I know now he's uh, maybe not your your favorite coach. He maybe doesn't play your favorite style of hockey. Um, just from what I've read from Rangers fans, from what I've seen a lot of analytics account talk about, uh, there's this hockey stats, uh, CZ, Andy and Rono. I'm not sure if you guys follow them. They do player cards and they've been very outspoken against their Alain Vigneault uh, criticism. Uh, Michel Therrien is also the assistant coach. I've watched Michel Therrien stifle talent for five years in Montreal. And from all accounts, Rangers fans and Flyers fans think the exact same thing with Alain Vigneault. Uh, I think it's... That, and I also don't think he was playing well. I think it's a bit of both. But I think when you have an old school defensive coach like Alain Vigneault, this is the kind of stuff that happens. Um, again, in the playoffs, he was extremely conservative. I know they beat Montreal, but I think at a certain point, um, you'd have to look to find a little someone who's a little bit more create, creative. You're also seeing guys like Jacob Voracek, who have in previous years put up 70, 80 points. They're extremely inconsistent. Claude Giroux had a bit of a dry spell. So I'm not really sure. And I think last night, Buffalo for a good chunk of the game, not just because they were leading, they outplayed them at even strength um, and they were dominating the Philadelphia Flyers. And if that's happening, a team that's on a, what, 17-game losing streak uh, is dominating you that much, then you have to look at the guys behind the bench because, like we all said, we thought this team had had the pieces. You know, they had Eric Gustafson, who's kind of streaky, but still a a good defenseman, and they're having these struggles. So I think you have no choice but to kind of point at the guys behind the bench. I want to move into... Sort of a uh, a different kind of discussion than we usually have. There was a there's something online, something around about Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs being Canada's team if they are Canada's team, and especially in the case that the remainder of Canada doesn't really seem to like the Leafs. How does that really make sense? I wanna I wanna start this by I'm gonna kind of rapid fire you guys some questions here. You have three possible. I'm gonna go through every all seven Canadian teams. You have three possible answers like dislike or indifferent don't think about it i'm just going to list everyone i want to hear what you guys think of every single canadian team we will start out west uh vancouver canucks patrick (laughs) i liked vancouver before i met you if i can be completely honest (laughs) um uh, as it like the players or just the organ like this, the the team like what like do you like dislike or are you indifferent if it's the roster um Everything, everything, except fans. You don't have to. Except for, I would say I like the Canucks. Okay, Nick. Yeah, I would say I like the Canucks. I didn't like them in the when they, in their heydays <laughs> back in like the early 2010s. I didn't like them at all because uh, they were so. Darn I, I've got good. the family ties to the Blackhawks, um, mm. so I did not like the Canucks back then. But uh, I, Pat- I, I like them now. Patrick Calgary Flames. Dislike. Nick Calgary Flames. 
I, I, I've always kind of liked the Flames. I their jerseys are cool, but I'm not sure that I'm huge on Monahan and Gaudreau. I'm in, uh, indifferent on them. I find them so okay. boring. They're so boring. Their broadcasts are boring. It's like they, their coach now is super boring. The style they play and my, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, Luke. Okay. Nick Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> you see, I've always liked the Edmonton Oilers. I've had like a weird spot for them. I got. We, I played like intramural floor hockey in elementary school and my team was the Edmonton Oilers. So I've had a weird soft spot for them since then. Uh, and Connor McDavid, I, how can you He's dislike okay, that yeah. guy? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Edmonton Oilers. Indifferent. Uh, Nick Winnipeg Jets. I, I like the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know. I, like I, I'm, 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 I could not be more indifferent on the Winnipeg Jets. I, <laughs> I like, yeah, you know what? I, I'd actually like to change my answer to indifferent because I don't know how much of their roster I actually like. I like the fans, though. Um, I'd say indifferent, actually. I'll, I'll go indifferent as well. Okay, so we don't care about the Winnipeg Jets. Not really. Nick, Montreal Canadiens. Dislike. Pat? Love, of course. Uh, Patrick, Ottawa Senators. Dislike. Interesting. Why? Uh, they've had some pretty intense playoff series and games in the past. I can think of... The Lars Eller, Eric Griba stuff. I can think of, uh, was it Paul McLean who called the timeout with six minutes left? I can think of the line brawl. 16 seconds left. 16 seconds left when they were up 6-2. I can think of P.K. Subban, Mark Stone, Pacioretty, Mark Stone. There's been some nasty playoff series. And um, I went to a Sens game. I had beer dumped on me at a Sens playoff game. Uh, nothing but nothing but um, dislike for that that team and organization. Although I will say I've enjoyed watching I've enjoyed watching them this year, and you you can you can attest to that. But I, I dislike them. I would say I would say Ottawa and Vancouver are the only teams I would give a like to in the North. Um, What's next? Uh, do we even need to? Uh, Nick, I think we covered Toronto them all, right? Maple Leafs. Uh, for a lot of reasons, I've always disliked them. Um, but you can listen to the show and pretty much get yeah. a sense of that pretty quick. Patrick. Despise. <laughs> Good addition. So I want to ask you guys, you know, there's, there's varying opinions and I'm, I'm sure I can, I can just make the assumption the Toronto Maple Leafs are up there for both of you in how much you just dislike the Leafs. And you. And, and me, yeah, no, I'm saying, yeah, for all of us, like, <laughs> okay, like yeah, yeah, okay. you said, like, Pat, you don't like the Flames. Like, there, there's lots of, there's lots of dislike across the across the division this year, but the Leafs are certainly uh, near or at the top. And, it, and it's hard to say exclude fans from that conversation because Leafs fans are you, you just can't exclude Leafs fans when you're talking about do I like the Leafs because they're they're just so darn and enthusiastic the from a pure fan standpoint i do have to say in terms of this year i i would say i dislike for everybody is pretty normal oh, yeah. the the senators for instance are zero and seven against the oilers like you know i'm not sitting here with my elementary school throwback to the oilers there playing intermittent hockey be like oh that's fine these guys are yeah here the fan inside me just it's it's torture we haven't beaten the canucks either i'm mm-hmm. not sitting here saying well that Pedersen guy is nice like i'm like the fan inside me again is like enraged seeing that yeah. all the time. So I would say this year it's pretty much dislike across the board. So why do you think Toronto is always considered Canada's team when everyone who isn't a Toronto Maple Leafs fan really, really doesn't like them? And it's, it's, you can, you can pretty confidently say Toronto has the most fans, just fan populace in the country, which is fair. But Pat, I'll start with you. Do you really think Toronto is Canada's team? 
No, because <laughs> yes and no. Like, I don't know. It's like, what was the tweet? If Toronto's Canada's team, then why is the rest of Canada filled with joy every time they lose? And yeah. they, like they, they, they get the most criticism from guys like Pete Blackburn, uh, who are just relentless anti-Leafs. Uh, I, I think it's, no, I don't think they are. And you know what my answer would be. Um, but no, I don't think they are. So why do you think they're considered Canada's team? Well, I think I think they should be up there in consideration. I think you know. The, well, there's the fan, only seven, but no, but but I don't think I would not make in the, the top argument. seven. <laughs> I, no, but I, I would make the argument for for Montreal and Toronto. I wouldn't make the argument for Ottawa, Vancouver, or any of the other teams. Maybe you could argue Winnipeg, but it depends on what you're using. If you use, well, remember there, there was that whole thing when Winnipeg went on their run. It was like, oh, maybe this is actually Canada's team. No one else, no one else went on that run like Winnipeg did. I don't think it is. I'm I'm looking well, at two teams, but it depends if you're looking at playoff success. Are you looking at media attention? Are you looking at fans? Um, I think Toronto and Montreal are the only two that should really be considered for that. But uh, I would lean no that Toronto is not based on how everyone hates when they do well and when they do poorly, everyone loves it. So I don't like designating one particular team as like the overlord of all of a certain massive land. Like I, I'm not big on that. I think, you know, it, as it pertains to the Leafs and that situation we posed in specifically, you know, Western Canada, I don't know how many people like the Leafs out in Western Canada. You got three other teams out there. How many teams like them in Eastern Canada? Because Toronto is not the most Eastern team in Canada. Um, I I would say though, for Ontario, which is the largest population um, center in Canada, yeah, I, I, I feel like it would feel that way to all of us being Ontarians and that have grown up here. You know, Toronto does have a large grip on this province, despite the fact that Ottawa plays here as well. Ottawa's plagued in that regard by the fact that, you know, it's a 30-year-old franchise. Um, they don't have the history or the ties to the province like Toronto does. So I, I feel like it feels that way, just because, like you said, Luke, just the populace of Leaf fans here that we're exposed to in particular. But I think as soon as you go other places outside of Ontario, it, Toronto is not um, representative of every other province in the country. So that's my well, long-winded there way. Was the, there yeah. was, I remember when, remember when the Raptors won, there was the talk about what, is this big for Toronto or is it big for Canada? The, I think the Leafs winning the cup would be... Well, that's big hard for to... Toronto. No, but I'm just saying when that when the Raptors won, that was a huge debate. You know, the Leafs won the cup. I don't think but Canada. There's be... there's there is no debate whether the Raptors are Canada's team, and there, there is no debate whether because the they're Blue the only Jays one. I'm not Canada's saying no. Team. I'm not saying the Raptors. No, but people are having the debate. I know. I know Raptor. I, I'm saying like what what would be bigger for both Toronto and Canada, and I think okay for Canada it's easy. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so let's flip it then. Stop being so negative in terms of. The, the other way being being positive about a team whether you're you know whether you call yourself a fan or not what canadian team would you say is most likely to rally canadians in the country i and i, I don't think you can say it's the toronto maple leafs because because yeah there's going to be there's going to be millions of people that are going to be cheering for them but there's going to be millions of people that are going to be on the exact opposite end of the spectrum so like and and the reason i ask this question is Last night, I don't, I'm sure you've seen it, uh, the Eric Carlson interview last night following his two-goal game for the San Jose Sharks. It was, it was a hilarious interview, and it just it goes to show what incredibly likable guy he is, and it just it made me sad and nostalgic for the years he spent with Ottawa. And 
and Nick and I talked about this the other day about how just how likable the Ottawa Senators were through much of the past decade. Don't give me that, Pat. And I, I look back to like 2014-15, Eric Carlson, obviously, Mark Stone, Kyle Turris, Mike Hoffman before everything happened. The, the whole Hamburglar run, Craig Anderson, like you have all these awesome, awesome stories and incredibly likable people. And that kind of culminated in 2017 with Ottawa's run one goal away from, from making it to the Stanley Cup final. And I, I got the sense a lot of Canada, and obviously being the last Canadian team, but I got the sense a lot of Canada was genuinely happy for the Senators to be doing that, especially because they weren't really expected to do that. But that was a, that was a really exciting time to be not just a Senators fan in Canada, but like a a hockey fan in Canada. So I want to ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Nick, what team do you think would kind of gain the most followers outside of their fan base if they were to make a cup run? Um, Okay. I got like a few different explanations for this. I'll go over quick. I think Winnipeg, just from the point of being a pure neutral in this country, I think they're by far like the most neutral, acceptable, likable team just because of their fans and that. So I think they, and we saw it a few years ago when they went to the Eastern conference final, you know, I I feel like a lot of Canada rallied around them. I uh, especially did. I don't know about you guys, but I I definitely liked them that year. Um, I feel like if Edmonton were to do it now, I feel like there'd be a large portion simply because of Connor McDavid. And I feel like a lot of Canadians would like to see him succeed on a larger stage. So I think they could do it. Um, But I like completely, you know, you could say it's a biased point. I think the senators also could um, do it just for the reasons Luke said, uh, you know, they in particular in the past decade have had so many good stories, whether it be the Hamburglar, um, Craig Anderson in 2017, or even now the Sen Sickos is, you know, a lot of people like that, even if you're not a Senators fan, you can't help but love the sicko movement that's going on. So um, to a lesser extent, I would say Ottawa, but for sure, I think just the country could rally around a player like McDavid or a fan base like Winnipeg's. Patrick. I will agree for the most part. I think Winnipeg, definitely. They have a likable team. Their fan base is insane. Like, I don't know if how many hate players are on the Winnipeg Jets you have to love a guy like Ehlers someone like Mark Shifley uh all the guys they have it's hard to really find anyone that that's not liked on that team uh their playoff run they were playing big tough hockey they were scoring goals when Patrick Laine was there it was a lot of fun I remember when they went to the conference final against Nashville uh I think it was Scott Oak was standing on like a giant platform in the street of streets of Winnipeg had a bunch of like the whiteout fans. And he said, I'm with my people. And it was just a big Canadian moment. That was super cool. I think Winnipeg easily is the one that everyone could like as a team. And then obviously kind of basically echoing what Nick said, I think individual success would be, uh, would be McDavid. I do think Ottawa, and I will say Montreal, I think is a decent show when Montreal went on their run in 2014, uh, there were a decent amount of fans who rallied behind them. I don't think they would be the, the team. I think they would be the third or fourth team that, that the country would look to rally around, but I'll, uh, I'll say Winnipeg for this one. I, I can't. Um, well, I, I agree with Ottawa, especially. Uh, and I get where you guys are coming from. from I Winnipeg. can't agree with Ottawa just as a habit. There's been too much. I, I cannot see. I think bottom three has to be, I don't know in what order Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. I just, I think they're too polarizing Toronto for obvious reasons, Vancouver, a lot of people, you know, maybe in a few years when they what are the obvious reasons for Toronto? Let's get into it. What are the obvious reasons that you well, think? just everyone hates the Leafs? 
I, I, really... I think it's because I think in a lot of, you know, we, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but I feel like <laughs> a lot of um, other Canadian hockey fans feel, I, I'm struggling to find the perfect word for it. Like, I don't know, like alienated in some way. I, I feel like just the least fans are the most vocal <laughs> about their team when they're having any form of success, especially now, despite the fact that there isn't much credible success in any regard. So I, I, I feel like that's a thing that definitely plagues them. It's the way a lot of their fans are. And that's not to say all Leaf fans are like that. I'm friends with a lot of Maple Leafs fans and a lot of them are great. Um, I just feel like there is a lot of people and I, it, you know, you get that sense online, especially on something like Leafs Twitter. It's, um, it's evident that they think highly of their team and that's fine. I, you're not totally allowed to do that. It's just, I feel like the manner they go about it a lot. And, you know, not to mention like any Ottawa Senators fan who's been to a battle of Ontario game at the Canadian tire center will tell you it's just a garbage shoot every time the Maple Leafs fans crowd in there because it's, you know, all the drunk Ontarians that crowd in the place and fights break out. You see that on YouTube all the time. It's just, yeah, not to, again, not to say all Leaf fans are like that. <laughs> so Next Pat, do, do you disagree with me that Toronto is, I, I would put Toronto at seventh. I would put Toronto the least so would likely I. No, so would I. So would Canada. I. Okay. So would I. I think, I think as, as intense hockey fans as we are, I think an average hockey fan, the people who just want to see can't like every time there's a Canadian team, it's like, Oh, I just want to, you know, a non-hockey fan or a general hockey fan without a team would say, I just want whatever Canadian team is in there to do well. I, that's what I say. If it's not the Leafs, I say I'm, I'm big on the side. Once Vancouver's eliminated and there's, there's one Canadian team left, Calgary flames, Ottawa senators, Winnipeg jets. I am all on board for that Canadian team to do well. Not so much, but I'm so all on board much, for okay. that. Yeah. So no, I only asked well. that. I only asked that because we we make fun of them a lot, but we just never really got into detail until Nick went on his little uh, little tangent there. I which could I not. Think, I, I I don't think any of what I just said was unfair. I think not, that's, no, that's just generally well accepted, you know, yes, facts about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their fans. That's just how. No, um, I agree. I agree. While, while it may be a minor portion, it's a very loud portion of them are yes, like that. Yes. Could you imagine how just unbearable? And every like Twitter, the internet, television, radio, just being in Toronto would be if Toronto won the cup. I just think it would. Well, well, here I'm gonna pose this one quickly because I know this was a thing I saw a lot online, or I heard about from friends that I have that are Maple Leaf fans. When the Toronto Raptors had their parade, you know we've all seen the images so many times of what that was like, what a spectacle it was for the city of Ontario, or sorry, city of Ontario, city <laughs> of Toronto. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of Leaf fans said, and particularly some of the ones I know, were saying, well, that's great, but could you imagine what it would be like if the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup? It would be 10 times bigger than that. But I don't think that's true. I, I don't actually think that's true. I no. think, well, the Raptors don't have the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I certainly think the Toronto Raptors, just because of the outreach they're able to have yeah. on the entire country and you know, never mind the fact that basketball is just becoming a bigger sport than hockey in North America. Well, it is. Um, and slowly creeping up, I would say, in Canada um, on hockey and just the amount of people, diverse culture that basketball is able to reach compared to hockey. I, I don't think the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs one uh, parade and spectacle of them winning a Stanley Cup would be bigger than the Raptors winning the championship in 2019. It is, I think it is I pretty, I think it's I pretty cool to see how much... Um, like the NBA and the Toronto Raptors specifically have grown in Canada over the past few years. It's, it's yeah, pretty it's impressive, cool. but before we wrap up here, I 
want to ask, I didn't really mean to go off on the Leafs for that long, but that's kind of how it always is when we get talking about Toronto. I want to ask you guys, um, you know, playoffs are, are what, 20 games out right now. Playoff pictures are starting to kind of get made out from all the, from all the dust. Uh, Nick, I will start with you. What, what Canadian matchup would you most want to see coming out of the North division. And this kind of comes from the last two games between Toronto and Edmonton. A lot of people are saying they want to see a Toronto Edmonton matchup in the playoffs. Totally could happen. What would you most want to see coming out of the North? Well, if you asked me before the season, yes. Anybody before the season, I think the obvious answer was a battle of Alberta. It doesn't look like we're going to get that now. So I would say Toronto, Montreal, I think um, watching those two fan bases go at it online would be something um, to see the, stress my co-host Patrick here would go through would be um yeah that that's something I'd like to see I'm sorry Pat but that's um, okay yeah I feel like that's one I want to see I I don't know who I'd want to win that. I do know who I'd want to win that but um can you say it can you tell me you know um but I, I would like to watch it I, I I would just like to see it I think it would be tremendously uh memorable in this country for many reasons so let's go with that Patrick Yes, I I will go with Montreal Toronto. I have never, I don't think there's been a Montreal Toronto playoff series for as long as I've been alive. Um, from all accounts and videos I've seen from the ones in the past, they have been electric. Uh, I think it would be amazing for the country. I think it would be amazing for the marketing. I think finally having this rivalry, you know, for the longest time it was Montreal Boston in the playoffs, and that's gone. But I think to have Montreal Toronto in the playoffs, I think would be a ton of fun. I honestly think that series would go seven games. I think uh, it would be hard. I live with a Leafs fan and that's hard enough, especially during the regular season. But uh, I think that would be great. Um, Battle of Alberta, probably not going to happen, but I think that would be my second, my second choice. And um, I don't know. I've enjoyed the, the Toronto Edmonton games. I haven't loved them. They've been good games. I don't think they've, I haven't been head over heels about them. I think they've just been fun, but I think as far as like a playoff matchup goes, Montreal, Toronto, um, and then Battle of Alberta, but that's probably not going to happen. I think I think you have to give some credit to uh, Toronto Edmonton. Like, yeah, they, they just played two games, so they're kind of in the spotlight, but solely for McDavid Matthews, that would be pretty thrilling to see that go. I think games, I also but. think Toronto matches up the best against Edmonton and Calgary. I think Winnipeg and Montreal would give Toronto the most trouble just based on yeah, five. I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's good about this is uh, assuming Vancouver and Ottawa are out of the picture. Sorry, Nick. There's kind of five teams. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry if I just broke the news to you, but there's kind of five teams left in the in the conversation. We're definitely going to get one of Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, Edmonton, something like that. So there there is for sure going to be. Want at least one good series to come out of this division and then you know and before we wrap up here i want to say uh you know we we spent a lot of time dumping on a lot of teams here if anybody wants to hire us to do any media job <laughs> I, I like I, I think i can promise for all of us that we will be extremely respectful of any team and any fan base but uh until then except I, maybe one i like to yeah. act like a fan. except one we are yeah. we yeah this is a fan this is a fan show it really is i think <laughs> i think it's more i think it's the media's it's the media hype that that the leafs get that i think that's what bugs it's me. it's the hype sure. in general but but you know we we can uh we can do a full six hour episode later on we this could. week anyway um that will that we should probably leave now before it gets any worse so that that will 
do yeah. it for us today. Uh, we will be back later in the week. Again, trade deadline is fast approaching. You never know. Maybe by our next show, there'll be uh, there'll be more to talk about, more than just a, a Christian Willannon or a you know. I, I, sh- I should give credit to the Eric Stall trade. That was pretty big. Who knows? But uh, thank you everyone for listening. Again, this is uh, Take to Take. My name is Luke Burrows with Patrick Tallon and Nick Robinson as per usual. Thank you for listening. We'll see you later. Thank you.